Welcome to the Life Boss Podcast. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Karen Mieses here, your business strategist and productivity expert, calling BS on the lies keeping us stuck. I share with you the top tips and tricks to hug your body, soul, and mind so that you squash all the overwhelm, stop glorifying stress, and design a business that brings you joy. If you are ready to show up and work smarter, I want to show you how to become unstoppable. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Life Boss Becoming Unstoppable. And today I have a special guest with us to talk to us about how to level up and get out of the mindset that we are stuck somehow and some tools to wrap up this special year for lack of words and not cursing 2020 and revive our emotions our mindset to keep going into 2021 with a new perspective and a refresh view of what we really want uh, out of our days and our weeks and then the year, but from simple to then having that vision. So Rachel, uh, it's a transformational coach, executive coach, speaker, and trainer. And what is your last name? Because I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more, but it's the German spelling. So that's why everybody always asks that. But yeah, so it's not the common waited but it's just Rachel Moore yes yeah so Rachel Moore she holds a degree in both psychology and Spanish and is trained in CBT NLP and transformational life coaching before becoming a coach Rachel's career path including teaching owning and running her own company and being a high performing sales executive where she was ranked number one nationally multiple time so what an honor to have you here that's that's a lot but <laughs> what what uh things happen into your life to take you from psychology and what you study to now being a transformational coach you know that's a great question i would say um it's been a process of time and just my life leading me here you know, I always say, actually coming into life coaching, I always say it was a God-led thing because I, you know, I have all my training in psychology and CBT and helping people in that way. And, and, and as I was going to continue with that, then I just felt like it wasn't the right path for me. But I think a lot of it more was because it wasn't the right path and how I was being asked to practice it based upon what insurances tell you you can do and can't do and all of those kinds of things. And so I, um, so I kind of, I, I went a different route. So in, I went into sales things re with regard to neuroscience, <laughs> right? Yeah. Still dealing with the brain, still dealing with, you know, different types of, of things that we all deal with, you know, but, um, but as I was doing that, then I, I had two kids and my company actually gave me a three-year leave to be able to, you know, take care of my kids. Cause I said, I want to be with them when they were little. And then I'd come back into the workforce. And I was actually, and one of my kids was struggling with something and I was online looking for something to try and help her and came across life coaching. I had no idea what life coaching was. I'd never heard of it before. 
And so that's why I say they, they really weren't even connected (laughs) what I was looking up in life coaching. And I somehow found myself on a site that had the top five, you know, coaching programs in the world. And I was like, what in the world is this even? And so I, you know, I went through them and I looked at them and, and one of them really, um, spoke to me, I would say. And so I, uh, researched it a little bit more and got more information. And then I ended up going into life coaching and as, as the more and more I've been in life coaching, the more and more now I've been doing it. And I'm also ICF credentialed. I'm an ICF credentialed coach, which is international coaching federation. So it's the, you know, gold standard in coaching. Then as I've been coaching and doing all these kinds of things, it really is my calling in life. (laughs) It's um, so much of what I've done with my psychology background, with my teaching background, with so many of the things that I do, then I, and I just love people. I love helping people psychology, especially I love the social psychology aspect of it. And I think that it's just been one of the, it's been a long, long journey. And so I feel like looking back, I think, oh my goodness, I wish I would have rec- you know, recognized this was a thing when I could have done it started 20 years, years ago. But um, I don't think it was to the degree, degree it is now anyway, but it, my life journey and my life's path has gotten me to be able to, I think now be the kind of coach that I can be because of all the things that I've been able to experience along the way. I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, definitely. And it's that many times, somehow, somehow we have been indoctrinated that it is a linear, linear path to success, that you have to do certain things in a certain order to achieve a prescribed formula of success and and I love it to hear the stories every time that somebody comes in the uh to the podcast because it's never a linear path (laughs) it's never a linear path and and there are some bends on the way have you had challenges as you twist and turn to be where you are now especially moving from the corporate arena in the sales department to helping people with the life aspect of the journey. Yeah. You know, I think there's always challenges. I think one of the biggest challenges is just believing in yourself and believing you can do it. Uh, I, I honestly, I've been able to accomplish a lot. I've been able to have a lot of success in my life. And I, I chalk all that up to my mom telling me as a kid growing up, that this world belongs to you just as much as it belongs to anyone else, right? And so, you know, work hard and you can make anything possible. And so I, I think that's really what it comes down to is as I would have challenges and things would come up, then I would recognize, no, I can do this. If other people can do this, I can do this. And, and then recognizing, okay, so if this feels like it's not possible, then what is possible, right? And then being able to be willing to shift and pivot and do things and recognize a lot of times I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of times people are stuck is because they don't, they see things as impossible when they're really just improbable. Right. So I think that's really what it comes down to is recognizing that (laughs) first of all is, is, and because when those challenges come, then everybody has those and everybody, you know, that I've talked to that I've, you know, had relationships with in, in a professional manner and understanding, you know, what they've dealt with then a lot of it is imposter syndrome too, right? Is that's a big challenge that a lot of us deal with, but most of it's all in our minds. Most of the challenges come to the things that we tell ourselves, the things that we believe, the things that we feel that are going to either stop us or propel us to, to 
look at things in a different way so that we can move forward. Yes, I like how you phrase that, uh, that it's not impossible, but improbable. And it says that as long as there's a probability, it can happen. So it opens the door. So when people come uh, to you saying that they feel stuck or I feel stuck, I want to get unstuck. What have you found is that underlying emotion or uh, because stuck can be different for different uh, people. Is there a process to get out of that place of stuckness? Yeah, you know, that's a really great question. I think <clears throat> it, I would have to say that there, there's no one underlying emotion, right? I think a big part of it is more to do with our beliefs, which is our thoughts and our feelings combined, right? And it comes down to perceptions of where we are, where we want to be and how big we believe that gap is, right? Or how big that chasm might be. If we're on, this is one mountain and this is another mountain, then is it something we can easily traverse or is it something that we're not going to be able to do or what it might be? And so really for me, it, people come to me in two camps, right? Okay. So when it comes to how, how they're feeling stuck, there's, and I'm a very visual person. So I, I think in visual, I think in pictures <laughs> a lot of times, but for me, then I, the way I would describe it is one camp of people is people who are like a spinning tire that's just, you know, stuck in mud and you see the, the mud flying everywhere and everything in there. So they're trying, they're really trying, but they're not moving anywhere. And so they're really frustrated. So that's really one of the main underlying emotions for that group of people is just a tremendous sense of frustration because they are trying. It's not like they're just sitting back and not doing anything, but they're just not getting where they want to get to. And then the other camp of people are people who are like beautiful songbirds that can flap their wings and fly and sing and have these amazing songs, but they're in this gilded cage. And the cage actually has the door open, but they don't see that the door is open or they don't see that they can, how they can get out of this cage. And so they feel stuck in that way. So even though things are great and things feel really nice, they just feel like they can't really flap their wings and they don't really have the, the song within them to be able to, to sing their song. And so I think that's really the two different camps. And so that's poor, more people who are kind of um, unfulfilled is a really like underlying emotion for them. So I would say it's frustration and feeling unfulfilled are two of the biggest that with regard to the people that I tend to work with. I tend to yes. work with, you know, high achievers who are, you know, type A personalities who are perfectionists or recovering perfectionists all those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of people that, um, that I've, I have seen anyway, but it comes down to that perception of where you are, where you want to be and how big that gap is. And if you believe that you have the capability to be able to get across that gap or not. Have you found in your experience or what you have like with your clients and, and within your own life that we may be hold, holding back to move because we are not owning our values or fear of judgment in a way? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's definitely a big part of it. I, um, especially with, with perfectionists, a lot of times then people are, and I mean, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I will say this of myself as well. Um, a lot of times it's, it's fear of failure because you're, you want to do everything so perfectly that you're afraid to try something new. You're afraid to take a risk. 
because you're afraid of not being able to do it perfectly. Right. So that's one of the ways in which we get in, in, in our own ways, really. And I think that there's, there's so many different things. It just depends on the person and what they're struggling with. But yes, I think there are definitely things that we do to get in our own ways so that we are not able to um, see how we can get out of being stuck. And what about those that you mentioned that are in the category of like you are like pedaling on the mud and you are doing but not moving? Yeah. What what could be holding them back there? I believe that everything comes down to two things. <laughs> Your thoughts and your feelings, because there's in the, you know, there's a cycle of beliefs and actions, basically. So your beliefs are your thoughts and your feelings combined. And so what happens is you have a thought about something, which then transfers and impacts the feelings that you have, right? So it, it can transfer into a feeling or it can just impact a feeling, whatever it may be, which determine what actions we do or don't take. And then the actions that we do or don't take determine the types of experiences or results that we have in our lives. So really it all comes back to, which is, which then reinforces our beliefs, which are our thoughts and our feelings, which then go, you know, it keeps going. That's why it's a cycle, but really it comes back to that, that I think it's really your thoughts and your feelings. So it's, it's about examining what kinds of thoughts you are having, what kinds of feelings you are having so that you can recognize that those to be able to have different types of actions to then have different results. Because I think so often, especially in our Western society, then we focus so highly, especially this time of year, as we're getting ready to think about our goals and all those kinds of things, we're thinking about what can I do? What do I need to do? You know, the actions I need to take to be able to get the results I want. But so often people forget that every, every action we take comes from a thought that we had or comes from a feeling we had. So for example, if, if I feel like I can do something, then I'll take the action to do it. If I don't feel like I can do it, then I won't take the action. And I have to have the thought that I want to do it in the first place, right? And, and I have to have an idea of where I want to get to, or I'm not going to ever get there. So it's really, it really comes back to our thoughts and our feelings and examining those to be able to recognize where we might be stuck so that we can just reframe things, just tweak them a little bit to be able to get moving again and get that momentum and that cycle to get different kinds of results for ourselves. Oh, this ties so well with the theme that uh, organically happened by the end <laughs> of the year because uh, the, the topics have been really challenging for me personally to take on, to be relatable uh, and at the same time uh, bring like a lesson, but being honest with myself and and Every year, every year for the past, I think, 10 years or so, or a little bit more, I do a December, January event for the best uh, year yet. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's about goal setting and time management and whatnot. And this year, I didn't do it okay. because it was, uh, it, it felt that I needed to recreate it. I didn't have the time. I didn't, and I asked myself, and this was like actually when I saw your post that connected us together mm -hmm. when you were asking, okay, what do you do to make a decision? And, and for me, it is about how do I want to feel mm. or what feeling I want to avoid. Somehow uh, along the years, I realized that every time that I quit something, it's because 
how I feel certain feelings that I don't want. And when I stuck with something, it's because of the emotions and the feelings that it makes me feel, which it's what I understand are my values more than writing it down. So I decided, okay, this is going to stress me out. Uh, I feel that I'm not being real. So the podcast prior to this one, episode 63, it's about reframing the goals. And with the perspective that Rachel is bringing here, it's very valuable to revisit those steps where I'm talking about the feelings because I know that we are all go 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 I need to have the actions they have to be measurable they have to have a deadline but what I understand that have kept me going and as I consulted with other colleagues of mine is how true am I being in this pivoting and moving forward through to my bias does it make sense yeah, it makes perfect sense because I actually, that's one of the things I, I, I um, last year, <laughs> I actually did a webinar for um, a lot of uh, corporate clients and it was about making your smart goals smarter. Yes. Because it's really what, it, that's, that's how I do my goals is, and I, I attack on the E and the R for the smart goals. So it's all the same things, a specific, measurable, actionable, um, you know, realistic, time bound, all of those kinds of things. But the the E is evaluated, mm-hmm. right? Because science tells us that research shows that goals that are evaluated are the ones that are actually are achieved. And then, so you set up, you know, when you're going to evaluate them and pivot if you need to, or change them, but the R at the end of that is reason driven. So it's really, what's, what's the feeling that you're trying to get from this, or what's the whole reason behind having this goal in the first place? Because if you have that and you know that, then not only is it going to help you have more motivation to do whatever the actions are that you're trying to do, but it also helps you to be able to know when you need to pivot and when the actions are wrong. Because for example, if somebody is wanting to, the whole reason why they're trying to, you know, increase their salary is so that they'll be able to have more freedom to spend time with their family. But the actions that they're taking are ones that are taking them away from their family then you know that that's the wrong action because you know that that's, it's not matching up with the reason. And so if, or if you think, oh, I can do these things and it will, you know, get me to have that freedom. And when you're evaluating, you always ask yourself, is this really helping me to achieve the reason why I have this goal in the first place? If not, then it's okay. You have permission to switch and pivot and change to a different thing or to be able to just tweak your goal, however you want to do it. But it all comes down to really, when is the reason, what's your reason behind it, which are your thoughts and feelings about it, right? So that you, you understand that you have that moving forward. So you have that internal motivation. And so that you also are, are actually taking the actions that will lead to that. Okay. That triggers another question, Okay, <laughs> of, which is not one of the ones that I sent, but we are yeah. on the flow here. And it's when we are in this process, right, of, okay, I need to make this decision to move forward. It's either A or B, or maybe there's a C. And whatever decision I make, it means that I'm going to be quitting, quote unquote, something. And as a Mm -hmm. perfectionist or an overachiever, achiever, stop stopping, stop, or when we stop doing something, it's like, oh my God, I'm a quitter. How do we reframe that? 
Well, for me, I think it comes to the reason, right? If you're very clear on your reason for why you're doing it, then it's not that you're not no longer doing that action. You're quitting that action. It's that you're quitting something that's not actually getting you the purpose of having the action in the first place. Does that make sense? Is that what it is in uh, more like juju terms being aligned? Yeah. I mean, that, okay. that's a way that you could think of it because it really is if it's because I am, I, I'm a high achiever. I mean, you can look at the mm -hmm. things that I've done and you can see that I am, I'm about success and I'm about, you know, achieving things in my life and doing that kind of a thing. And overachieving actually is my thing more so than just even achieving. <laughs> but, but with all of that, then that's, that, that's one of the things that's why I have make my smart goals smarter is so that I have that reason because that way it helps me to be able to recognize when I'm evaluating the goal, is this actually getting me what I'm wanting to have this goal for in the first place? If it's not, then it's okay to pivot and change, even completely scrap it <clears throat> to be able to have something that will actually get me what it is that I really want. Because we don't usually, if we boil things down, we don't usually want something. We want to feel something, right? We want to be able to, to have some type of freedom or connection or whatever it may be, right? Fulfillment, um, growth, right? So we want to have, it's, it's really, those are the reasons why we're doing the things that we want to be doing. Our core needs is really what it comes down to our core values. And so if you recognize that what it is that you're really wanting to achieve, and then you use that as kind of your litmus test for all of the actions that you're doing, then for overachievers like us, then it helps you to be able to say, this isn't actually getting me what I'm wanting. And so it's okay to stop doing this so that I can get what I want because you're still focused on what you're wanting. And so you're not quitting that. You're still going towards what it is that you want, but now you're smart enough to be able to recognize, hey, I'm doing something that's not helping me. So I'm going to do something that will. Rachel, this is the best explanation of what is a business by design and alignment that I've heard ever. Oh. <laughs> and I've read so many books, but again, when, uh, when, when we are a go, go, go person, type A overachiever, many uh, spiritual terminology or metaphysical terminology that is being more talked about in mainstream, like uh, being aligned and uh, frequency and vibrational energy and those things is like, with what do I eat that? <laughs> like it needs to be more tangible. And uh, you explain that beautifully in actionable terms. So it's like, as you know, you put like your GPS and you are getting there, then that is your north. And then you move toward that. And then the decisions, it could be that you are stopping something or you are upgrading something that you're already doing, but it's all in an effort to get to your vision or your main purpose. And even if we break down the, uh, the goals that I, again, in the last episode, I said, okay, we, this year, I think this is the year that you need to set like shorter term goals. Like if you do it 90 days, one month, so that you can evaluate, like you say, like every time, because otherwise they become resolutions and you know what happened with those. Yeah. Uh, But for those that keep, listeners that have kept asking about, I don't get these alignment things, this is it. <laughs> this is going to be on the toolbox <laughs> for anybody that 
asks me, and this is a, a this is a, a something that I that, that I can really see. I am a visual person, and as you were explaining to to me, I was like, oh yeah, now I can see it. And I've read a lot about the topic, but so I have to tell you, like props. That was like amazing. Oh great! Uh, <laughs> so okay, uh, in in this. Uh, process of uh, moving forward in uh, setting goals and, and all that. Many times we're like, okay, so, okay, I know what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going. And then we are frozen on our tracks. And that's where we feel like we are stuck. What should be the first step or first question that we should ask ourselves to figure out what is happening so that we can gain that momentum? Wow, that is um, a whole entire coaching session. <laughs> to be able to do that with somebody, um, because it really, I, it really is. I think I would say one of my superpowers is really being able to take a large vision and being able to break it down into manageable bite-sized chunks. Mm-hmm. And it really is, it, and that's completely different for every single person. Okay. And I, I truly believe that everybody has the answers within themselves that I, you know, I have a lot that I could bring to a table so I can do coaching and consulting. But at the same time, I know that whatever answers people will come up with on their own is way better than anything I will ever be able to provide them. And so to really be able to get yourself unstuck, it really is about working with somebody, I think, who can help you to be able to break things down so you can see what your first step is. Having said that, I think a lot of times people take leaps that they think are steps. So what I'm saying is people will think, oh, I, you know, I haven't been, I'll say this, one of my clients, then she was, um, she was actually in, in remission for cancer and she had been, you know, very healthy person, very athletic person, you know, used to working out a lot, used to doing a lot of these things and her eating was not good. You know, her exercise routine had, was completely shot, all these kinds of things. And she decided that what she wanted to do was she wanted to be able to start eating more salads. And I said, well, what does that mean eating more salads? And she said, well, I want to be able to replace um, three of my meals. uh, uh, You know, I want to be able to every day, one of my meals, one of my three meals is going to be a salad. And I said, okay, well, how much, how much are you eating salads currently? And she said, well, I'm not at all. That's why I want to start doing it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a leap. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes. Zero having one. And I said, so during the week, when would make sense for you to be able to change one of your meals out of the, you know, all of the meals you're going to eat throughout the week to a salad and how, how doable do you think that is? And really getting into that and recognizing. And so then she was able to recognize, well, I can start with right? I can start with doing at least twice a week, I will replace two of my meals with a salad. And she felt that was completely doable for her. And now she's eating way more salads. But it's, I think it's really about taking a lot of times, what we think is our action, and then breaking it down even more and saying, okay, so, so what, how can I make this even easier for myself? Because that's one of the four things when it comes to habit formation is it has to be easy, or we're not going to do it. And so, so whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish, we also have to see it as easy and be able to celebrate that you were able to do something so that you don't get discouraged and fall off from doing it. And so by breaking it down into a really small bite-sized chunk piece, then you're able to, so more like a half step. So going from a leap to a half step to start so that when you're able to do that, then you can start doing something else. Then you can, you know, do it you know, go from two meals a week to two mil, you know, four meals a week or whatever it is. 
but you now feel successful. And so you recognize you can do it. And so you're going to continue doing it. And I think that's part of the evaluating portion of also your smarter goals is recognizing what you have accomplished. Because so often, especially for perfectionists, for high achievers, we focus so much on what we still haven't accomplished rather than celebrating even the little wins along the way to be, that are the things that will actually expand our success because we then feel capable, which goes back to our thoughts and our feelings, right? We feel capable that we can achieve things. Yes, and I really commend you for owning the owning your truth and say, if you want to know, it's not that simple. And you said, uh, everybody is different. And acknowledging that, that is uh, very refreshing because um, uh, it is very common in uh, coaching and consulting that everybody wants to have like a can answer for everything. So yeah. uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you doing that. And actually her behavior is just like the example of what I talked about in episode 49 in how to select your coach. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yes, like, uh, yeah, you know, that. I will like definitely say, okay, yeah, choose somebody that I would work with. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, I, I also hear, and it's like, uh, reframe when you're saying like habits, we are forming habits, uh, that part of taking it slow and celebrating your wings, would that be like the way to start getting momentum? Because, uh, you are consistently doing it, creating that movement forward. And that way you can start like, oh, I did it. Now I can do it more. And that uh, in a way can be like the growth in that uh, habit formation uh, grow like in automatic in a way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's, it's one of those things where, cause <clears throat> you know, there, there are really two camps of people. There are people who I would say are stick people and people who are carrot people. So people who will go after something and people who won't do anything until there's like a stick making them do it. <laughs> right. And so it really depends on the person again, as far as what it is, that's going to get them to have the momentum to move forward. But ideally everything needs to come down to internal motivation, right? rather than extra extrinsic motivation because things that are outside of ourselves trying to motivate us aren't really going to get us there and when we feel like we can that's one of the biggest ways to get us to do something because if we think we can or we can't we're right mm -hmm. right and just like if we feel we can't or we or we can then we're right and so by having that breaking it down into something that you can do that you really honestly can do and, and feeling that you're in integrity with yourself, that you actually accomplished that, that you did it, then it gives you motivation, internal motivation to actually take another step and to keep going rather than to stop. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, definitely. I'm like, you can like paint a picture with your explanations. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what uh, another another thing that that came to mind is like we are defining this place where we want to be or what we want to get uh, in terms of success. Like overachievers, we want to have that success. How do you think success should be described or, or in in introspect? What what consideration would somebody take? When say okay, so this is a successful action. You know, I would say um, it's personal to everybody, 
really what success is. I'll, I'll preface it with that. But I would say for me, then success is getting closer to what it is that I want, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that I've accomplished everything in my life. But if, if it's coming down to tasks, if I was successful in doing something, then I can ask myself, am I closer to where I was or not? And I think that's one of the things with my, some of my clients, one client in particular coming to mind, then she, she has a tendency to always think about, well, I said I was going to do all these things and I didn't do them. And so she feels like she's out of integrity with herself and she beats herself up, right? Which then gets her to stop and not do anything. And, and then I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, okay, you said you wanted to do it every single day this week. So what did you do this week? And then she says, well, I was able to only do it three times and not, you know, this, you know, seven times or whatever. And I say, well, congratulations. You did it three times. You went from doing it no times to three times, you know, that's fantastic. And so recognizing that, I think that she's getting closer, even though she didn't complete what she wanted to, then it's closer to where she wants to be. So that she was successful in that, that she's not stagnant, that she's not moving backwards. She is still moving forward. So I think it really depends also on, on what people's core values are. If your core value is growth and progression is one of your core values, then that's the, which is for me, that's one of my core values. And so being able to reframe it that way, not did I do every single thing, you know, cross every T and dot every I. But is it, was I able to do something to get me closer to where I want to be? Yes. Okay. Then I have been successful. I, this is not complete, but I've been successful in my actions to get there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And we, uh, we have been bombarded the past three months, at least I have felt like that, uh, with the notion or concept of abundance and mm -hmm. having an abundant life, which is, I see it related to success. How successful are you? How, how do you personally, Rachel Moore, define like abundance? I'm, I'm curious to know, because this is another topic that is a little bit juju <laughs> uh, in my world. And, and I've been reading, but uh, when we have been train in the corporate world in uh, like with two or three degrees, uh, graduate degrees, and it's different or, or hard to say, okay, so how do I attract abundance to my life? How do you see that concept? You know, I think honestly, it, the, there's like several questions in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. I made um, you so think. I, <laughs> I would say, so how do you attract abundance? If you want to go with that question, then, um, so I, I think you attract abundance by being grateful for what you have. Okay. I really do. I've seen so many of my clients that are stuck because they've gotten into this narrative of telling themselves some story of, of, of something. And they, they no longer are grateful for what they do have, which gets them into a very different place emotionally. So with being able to, to attract more abundance and attract better things into your life, it's being grateful for the things that you do have. And that there is a power in gratitude. I think it's one of the most underutilized powers that all of us have that actually brings things to us is when we are truly grateful for the things that we have and recognizing things, not as a problem, but as a potential ally by recognizing something that is frustrating you. Maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a, you know, your work situation, maybe it's something in your life, then recognizing what can I be grateful for in this? 
And as you start to see ways in which you can be grateful for it, you start to see what other things it's making possible in your life. And so that helps you to be able to reframe things in a different way so that you then it's your, again, it's back to your thoughts and your feelings so that you're able to take different actions, which then get you the different kinds of results and experiences that you're, you're wanting to have. So I would say when it comes to attracting more abundance, it truly is about being grateful for the things that you have. And one of the simplest exercises for that is if there is something that's really frustrating you, it's, it's what I call the gratitude points <laughs> exercise. And just for two weeks, then every single day, then just write down three different things that you're grateful for about that thing. Whether that's a person, the job, like I said, a life situation, whatever it is, um, your health, three things that you're actually grateful for. And, and just see for yourself if it shifts things for you and see if it makes you feel any different. See if it helps you to have a different perspective, you know, whatever it is. And then, the, and just things start to kind of, kind of just move <laughs> whenever we start to get in a different place vibrationally, right. Which is one of the things you're talking about before. So I think that um, that's one of the best ways and it's three different things. So it's not writing three things today. And then the next day, writing the same three things, and the next day, the same three things it's okay. Three things. Okay. Now I have to think of three different things. And so when you, and then you start to see something that was a problem. Now it's changing your thought, reframing it to where, and now it's an ally. It's something that's, that's something that's good in your life, something that can actually help you in some way. And so then it becomes, okay, now this is actually something that I can appreciate. So what can this help me do or have, or how can it help me be or whatever it may be from there? Yes, in my experience or what I uh, was able to start putting it into practice, uh, first it was, I just started doing it because my uh, therapist told me, you need to start doing that. This is your homework and this is your to-dos. Uh, she knows how like my brain works. And then what I witnessed in the process of, okay, surrendering it and, uh, and accepting it was that as I was focusing on these positive things that were going on, I was not paying attention to whatever crap was happening. And then I was getting bandwidth in my mind to create things that I needed to create to move yeah. forward at certain uh, points. So uh, uh, for those of you that are that are listening and feel a little bit resistant with it, oh, it's done sitting down and writing this and, uh, doing it just for doing it and not uh, kind of surrendering in the process. I, I truly believe that is an intentional exercise to, to switch your focus. And then when we, we, because definitely when we are focusing on something, we are gonna do, we are gonna get more of that. Like if we are uh, uh, feeding our mind with negativity, then we are gonna see more negativity around us. So. Uh, that's how it has helped uh, me and, and because, you know, I, I overanalyze everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's I a stepping stone. <laughs> yeah, a stepping stone. That, that uh, was, yeah, was a really intentional work. It, it didn't come naturally, but now, now it does. And I do va value it a lot. So I'm very glad that you brought it up. And every, we have talked about, so many topics, uh, probably four, and I'm going to put on the show notes uh, how to get in contact with Rachel, where to follow her, and get more of her awesomeness if you really believe that she can 
help you in any way. You know that the people that I bring to the show is people that I would consider myself. So uh, every every episode, I like to end with an experiment for the week based on everything that we have done, uh, we have talked about, uh, about being uh, on stock and getting back momentum and focus uh, moving forward. What one thing could we do to put some of this in practice? You know, I would say do the gratitude points exercise. And I, and I like to treat it as a game because there's something when you, when you introduce an element of fun, <clears throat> then it, it, it helps me anyway to, to want to do it even more. So I'm not looking at it as something like, oh, I have to do this, but hey, I get to do this. This is so fun. You know, let me, let me see if I can even come up with three things that I'm appreciating about this person or about this job that I hate or whatever it may be, or about this place that I'm living that I want to leave, you know, because that's, I think that's one of the things that I've seen for myself and for so many of my clients is when they, when they're able to to shift their emotions and gratitude is one of the quickest ways that we can shift our emotional state and our thinking by reframing things. Then, then we are able to kind of have, it's like putting that, that big board underneath that tire that's just spinning to kind of get it just moving. And I mean, there's more way beyond that, you know, but that at least gets you unstuck to get moving better because it really does come back to your thoughts and your feelings that will determine what actions you take or don't. And so, and then which determines the kind of experience that you have. So I would encourage everybody to play that fun game of just gratitude points and just find something that you're frustrated with or some, in some way in which you're stuck, you know, whether it's, you know, what, in whatever capacity that may be and think of ways in which you can be grateful for whatever that may be. And just, just play the game and just see, Hey, will this help? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I will tell you that for me and for every single person I know that has actually played this game, it has helped them. So I'd be surprised if it doesn't help you in some way, shape or form, but it's just one of those things that I would say is one of the greatest things we can do to be able to get unstuck is to, to express and truly feel gratitude. Yes. It is so simple, yet at times it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yes i 100 percent agree with you so uh if you want to uh follow rachel you can find her at rachelmorecoaching.com and her links are in the description thank you so much rachel for sharing your wisdom with us yes it's been such a pleasure thank you so much for having me Thank you for tuning in, Rockstar. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. Also, head over to lifebosspodcast.com to get access to some free resources to help you with today's experiment. Do you want to be a guest? Email me to the lifebosspodcast at gmail.com to learn how.